Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. What's good, Internet? It is Monday, December 3rd, and you are listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 207. I'm your host, Austin Walker. Joining me today, we have a, a nice, intimate, you know, quiet cast today. Just three of us here today. Danielle Riendo, how are you doing here in the studio in Lobby One in Brooklyn, New York? I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me. Thanks uh, for coming Really on. happy to be here. Thank you. And coming in from uh, Chicago, Patrick Klepek. We were watching more Neon Genesis Evangelion. <laughs> Patrick, we told you after you finish your dinner, we can watch another episode of Ava. <laughs> you got to eat all eat your, your peas. Eat your peas. Well, if you eat your peas, we can watch Shinji getting the robot again. <laughs> uh, no, it's with Jessica. It's carrots. If she, I, the, oh, the way the I, thing? the way I make it work is if she want, like, she really likes eating cheese, and so it's like, all right. Mm. And she will eat carrots like on her own, but if she's being stubborn, it's like, all right, take two bites out of this carrot. She just tear into a big. It's not even small carrot. She just takes a big ass carrot and just like, ah. I'm like, careful those teeth. Yeah, so it's a while before you get that second set. Yeah, you yeah. Chipped one of them when you trip. So Jeez. careful. <laughs> then, anyway. then you give her the cheese. Not shot. Then she gets the then cheese. Then I give her the cheese. All right, that's good. Earn that cheese. You gotta earn that. Yeah, cheese. Yeah, earn that cheese. That's what I'm about. I'm about earning that cheese in life. <laughs> oh God. Eat them carrots. Earn that cheese. You know. Um, what do we got going on today? It's 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 kind of a nice day out. I, I'll be honest. Like it's December, but it was like fifty four degrees when I walked out my door. It's there beautiful. were leaves blowing around. Perfect fall day. <laughs> I just want it to be like this forever. Um, you know, I just want to. I just want to enjoy the world. And I say that because I think we're hitting. We're kind of hitting a little bit of a of a the December lurch of video games. Uh, we've gotten through the fall season, and now what we have? There's still stuff coming out, but it's not as. I don't want to. I don't want to stay bundled up inside and and play games as much as I thought I I might right now. Uh, I got I this is rude. I got just cause four code last night. Uh huh. <laughs> um, you didn't want to stay bundled up with it, is what you're telling us here. I just want to just double check before I I lean in on. <laughs> yeah, no, something. there were in progress reviews went up today. So well, that's because, and this is the thing I wanted to be clear on. We got we got this code last night at. Uh, the afternoon, time? sometime during the day, Se- seventeen hour, seventeen hours ago. It uh-huh. is okay. it is one p.m. now. So you do the math at home, right? Uh, it the the embargo was uh, when was the embargo? Probably this morning. This <laughs> it was midnight last night. Sure. So uh-huh. they, wow. They sent that code out the day that you would need to at have like five p.m. Yeah, like five p.m. <laughs> so. When that happens, it tends to be a kind of a bad sign. Uh, I've only put in like two and a half hours into Just Cause Four, but like it does feel like they're throwing it under the bus. And it well, the last feels... one also came out like in a yeah. Decemberish time frame, right? This is like basically just two years out from from the last, last one. one. Two and, and also... a half. Oh, three years out. Three years. Uh... Yeah, I was a giant bomb at the time. Oh wow. Okay. So three years. And this is also three and four are when 
they Avalanche split into two studios, yes. and they have a, the Sweden studio and the New York studio. But this is New York and, studio. Three and, and just four cause two been. and one were made by the Swedish studio. Now that studio has been working on Rage, while the New York studio has done three and four. And the last studio, or the last game that the the European studio made was Mad Max, which we did for 101 right, right, a few right. weeks ago. Yeah. A few weeks ago. Jesus Christ. A few months few, ago. Several months ago. Um, what I will say is it is it is fun to move around that world still. You got a wingsuit. You got a, a, a parachute. Um, they've, they've, like, tried to, like, tighten up the screws on the combat. You can aim down sights in this one, which is a weird thing to say. But it feels – it's it still feels very much like a game where you really have to know how to bring your own fun to it. So much of the game is about getting things to do with your tethers. Uh, Just Cause Just Cause is an open-world action series in which you move around the world very rapidly. In the first two games, that was primarily by way of uh, vehicles. The second game added this idea of uh, having a parachute all of the time and being able to tether to things using a grappling hook. Um, And using that grappling hook, you could do things like tether a propane tank to a car and then turn it into like a driving bomb. Or you could use it to propel yourself while you have your parachute out and kind of like pull yourself around the world. In three and four, they added a wingsuit and they added uh, the ability for your tethers to do weird things. So not only are you like connecting stuff maybe you have a uh, a special engine on your weird tether that like yanks these two things apart or together so you're able to do like special tricks or have like balloons like so one of the early missions in this in this game is that you're like uh, protecting this big truck and you keep running into roadblocks or like in an old in a regular game in a regular open world action game you would rocket launcher the roadblock apart but in this case you like attach some balloon tethers to this old rusted out you know tank or whatever to lift it away <laughs> and then you drive past That's and some of that stuff fun. is fun it's <laughs> yeah. very clearly has like i think they're very much looking at something like breath of the wild in terms of hoping that they're giving players a lot of verbs and a lot of cool abilities to create player driven action but it's super weird to see that brought to bear inside of very clean cut handcrafted missions you know one of the reasons that works in breath of the wild is like you you find that the world is scattered where your shrines are scattered across the world and you go into them and there's just puzzles there and you and you put them together that might still be the case here i've only again i've only played three or four or you know, two or three hours really um but the first one of those that i found was this very carefully presented cut not cut scene driven but dialogue driven um, or dialogue, not driven, but there was dialogue. There were characters talking <laughs> yeah. to me through my radio about how to drop this big ball down a pit using my tether. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, so we'll see. Like I, I, I think it's it looks a little weird. It's it looks like a game. So that it's can... got tornadoes, right? I haven't seen any yet. They they open the, the weather effects were they like the open thing. the game with like you're going to take down the big evil weather machine. The bad guys have a weather machine. <laughs> Good. Um, and they're like, and the end of the opening tutorial bit, the bad guys like, let's show them what Project Diapo can do. Project Diapo is the big weather machine. <laughs> uh, and okay. uh, I'm like, all right, cool, show me. I'm like, oh, I bet I'm gonna have to fight a tornado like right out the gate, and it'll be like a cool abilities type thing. And instead, he just, like, deploys some artillery cannons and shoots you. And, like, I guess Project Diapo just got some guns on it. Uh, but you don't get to do any big open-world weather shit right away. So I was like, ah, okay, I, I, I get it. You want to save that stuff. Um, it, it does also seem to have the Breath of the Wild setup of, like, here are three biomes that are, like, here's the desert biome. Here's the, the winter biome. Here's the jungle biome. And I, I bet each of those has some sort of big boss encounter. 
Um, it's cool to move around the world. It's cool to, like, fly around and, and slam your fucking stupid body into things because you don't know how the wingsuit works. Um, but in a year where, like, I my other open world game options are also have cool traversal, like Spider-Man, or are trying hard to break away from the format of the open world game in, in some ways, like Red Dead, um, uh, I it's going to be hard pressed to continue to like pull me in. I'm going to keep playing it. Um, it seems like that series has really struggled with trying to reconcile or trying to, so there are certain types of open world games in which, uh, like the edge on like bring your own fun is different, right? Like where the game is doing more of the work to tee you up for that stuff. And, and other games do less of that. And I've, the way you're describing just cause, like that sounds like a game in which I would not have much fun because I tend to find, uh in games in which like all of that is just put on you like go figure it out i don't tend to have the sort like growing i've always used the analogy like growing up i liked following the instructions to build a lego set i did not like act just giving me a pile of legos right. i just would look at it and just stare at it like it just didn't go anywhere right so often i like being teed up for things or following more along a path and this series has always struck me as one that has done a poor job helping get players in that direction it's more been like ah, yeah, there's some stuff out there but really i'll just have more fun watching like gifts that people share and be like i don't know how you end up like when i went to giant bomb i always looked at Vinnie caravelle and be like yeah. how do you f- play games like <laughs> i you are having so much fun and getting into all sorts of weirdness but i could just never go down that path i just not that type it's... of person not that type of player some people are built that way uh, differently, and then I think also that is incumbent on some games to help you get in 100%. that direction. And Just Cause, especially 3 and 4, where it's like, yo, like, why are you going in the story direction? Right. Like, that, all, that, all that stuff just, if it was being built explicitly because, like, we're gonna find ways for you to do wild stuff and mm-hmm. you're gonna jump off from there. But I've always gotten the impression, I haven't played 3 and 4, I played 2 and liked it a lot. Yeah, I liked I've always it a lot. Gotten the, but it, it felt like the lessons learned from 2 was, well, more of, there wasn't as much of, like, building on uh, the, the, the big world and trying, even if there was, like, there is. Like, it's not that they're not doing that, but it just seems like the, the right lessons weren't taken in sort yeah. of encouraging players in, in certain directions. And, well, and, and so, go ahead, do you have- well, I was going to say, Austin is now showing me a gameplay video of this, and this does seem like a little bit my shit, because yeah. I am that kind of person who- you know how much I f- how I feel about immersive sims and verbs yes. and just fucking around is kind of the most fun thing for me in a lot of open world yeah. games. And there's things like throwing the balloons on people to throw them yeah, up. Yeah, there's you know, a moment mis- where uh, he... Metal Gear Solid Five style yes. almost. Yeah, you know, that the... is definitely a touchstone. Sure. <laughs> and, and blowing things up and sort of tethering to things and just running around causing, you know, it is mayhem. when you you get these moments where it does all come together for you. Where like. Um, you end up, you do end up feeling like Spider Man. It's kind of weird. Rico Rodriguez, who is the lead character here, in cutscenes, often is portrayed as a sort of Spider Man character. Like, <laughs> there's a sequence early on where there's like an attack chopper who's like, I will say also, this is if you want to like fucking fucking blow up some like super capitalists on behalf of some locals who live in like cool, colorful tropical towns this is that shit like your art your army is all hyper brightly colored like neon blues and yellows and greens and like they all wear like dope sneakers and listen to hip-hop yeah and then you're fighting like the the black hand who are super capitalists who want to control the world's 
like environment for some reason, you know, because they're super capitalists. Um, so he's creating heat and using his wings. Yeah, he's totally. Blowing shit up. To, this is just like I'm Breath showing of the Wild. Danielle some some footage right now, and there was like there was a lot of stuff here that if you're playing in that way, awesome. The thing that I think is interesting with this series in general is you've seen them make concessions for more traditional action game stuff. So like aiming down sights is something they did not have in that last game. Because they don't want you to shoot stuff. They want you to do cool, weird tether tricks. <laughs> um, but when in this game, like, you're aiming down sights. All of your guns have secondary fire abilities, like shooting Why? rockets. Why? Who cares? Like, that just seems like totally. the, the complete wrong takeaway from what people like. Yeah. Go look at the mod scene for Just yeah. Cause. Like, the multiplayer yep. mods for Just Cause 2 are, like, incredible. Nothing about that is like, oh, I'm going to go hide behind cover and make sure I can get a headshot. Like, <laughs> and I really, the, 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 yeah. like, the heart of this series has always been, like, the moment you're firing a gun, like, you're kind of fucked up. Yeah. Like, it's, it's shooting is part of it, but it is not supposed to be the main mode of expression for the player. Totally. It's more just a, a lower priority one that is mixed in with a lot of other things. And so the idea that there's been time, effort, uh, value put on an aim down sights like right. seems to be like that time could have been spent building something anything else give for that me game. more weird abilities you know what yeah. i mean like just straight up make rico rodriguez iron man just or, or, or <laughs> spider-man or someone where like you just have a whole range of other cool weird abilities um also well, you're go- allowed to do you're allowed to do destruction in this series that is not so like if you're taking a superhero analogy right right so right you're not right. going to be able to do certain things in a superhero game because they're like moral good like they are trying yes. to save the city right so like what if like Rodriguez is like, ah, fuck that. I'm just kind of an asshole. And it's like, <laughs> lean into that uh, in a way that allows you to be destructive and weird. Be the superhero that's more like, uh, what was the Will Smith one from uh, years ago where he was like the, the shitty superhero? Hancock. Yeah, Hancock. I don't know why I know that. I don't know if I've seen that movie. I, I've seen the trailer a bunch. I, I can't remember if it was his any good. His head is going up but his it was, ass. Is it was a, a good that's premise. Thing. Is that a thing? He was getting like hassled in prison. He's like, if you want to see his head go up his ass, keep talking. Does he do that? Yeah, I think so. Wow. That's, that's... in the trailer. Okay. I'm see, just I saying. don't remember. I remember he had a hat. He had a knit hat. He had he a had gray a knit hat. With, he like, drank a, a lot. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yep. Um, but the, the, the idea of like a shitty superhero like is is a fun idea. You and, like, can do would, stuff with it. Like just let – let this dude get bit by a radioactive something, right? Like, just do it. Like, just go. Just grappling just, hook. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I don't care. Just, just like that. If you, if you told me that's where this was going, I'd be like, hell yes, that sounds super fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna keep playing it. There's the the one other thing I want to shout out that I think is actually kind of cool is the system for like expanding your where you're at on the map is about your army fighting the the like currently invaded army or whatever or i guess they, they've actually already started to set up this notion that like the the whatever this fantasy south american uh or, or it might be central american i don't know the just cause lore i don't know where the fuck we are but it's a it's a fictional country is like run by the the espinoza family and they are like the historical conquerors of it and in the the mythology that this country presents they like came and and deposed a brutal dictator who was the indigenous dictator and Already, the, the one of the opening quests is working with, like, a local archaeologist who's like, I don't think that's true. I don't think that guy was that bad. I don't think the king was, like, a bad person. I think these are, like, like ancient Spanish conquistadors who showed up and, like, invented that to to control people. Um, and so, like, that's that's neat. But the, the point I'm getting to is that the, the way that your army slowly expands is that you kind of send squads out on the map to slowly take over or to push your front line down and everything inside of that front line is like safe and everything outside of that front line is dangerous um and 
what that ends up doing is they actually represent that in gameplay. So, like, mm. at where the front line is, is a front line. Is, <laughs> like, are, like, different people on anti, you know, anti-aircraft guns and big artillery units and, like, shots are going, you know, back and forth over a river. And that ends up being, like, a really neat way to to kind of visually communicate that there is a conflict going on in this space. I've played most of these games at least a little bit. I played a ton of two. And, you know, I've played a lot of open-world action games in my life. It's one of my favorite genres, even though I often dislike it a lot. It's one of my favorite genres to, like, engage with. And so something like Assassin's Creed Odyssey this year has very um, uh, distinct and very, like, Okay, this is when a war fight is going to happen. And you go into it, and the the Spartans and the and the Athenians fight each other for a little bit, but it's not happening out in the world in any real way. It's like the the Athenians hold this uh, region, and the Spartans hold this region, and never the twain shall meet until you've got enough reputation points in any given sector or whatever the fuck, and then you tra- you trigger a knockoff dynasty warriors fight. Yep, like that stuff is is. Not does not communicate the feeling of, of Greece being at war. Whereas when you're at one of the front lines here, it really does. So nice. Nice. I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep tinkering with it and, and maybe there's like I am the type of player who looks at a bunch of Legos and is like, what what type of cool fucking spaceship can I buy can yeah. I build out of this? So I'm gonna keep at it. it. Three did not work for me. I'm hoping four turns around. Nice. Um what else is going on? Patrick, are you still deep in the dark? The dark siders? <laughs> I made it I wrote a tweet. Over this weekend, it was just short, not much to it. It just said, "Oh, a tweet, yeah." Uh, I'm playing. I'm still playing a lot of Dark Siders Three. There was no explanation to it. I just wanted. I didn't really have an explanation. I just wanted to put out into the world. I'm still playing a lot of Dark Siders Three. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I, I'm, I'm near the end. I think I, I, I just have to fight uh, the sort of final boss, I believe, based on. All the icons have filled in for, like, the main things right. I need to pick up, signaling yeah. <laughs> uh, what I believe to be the uh, sort of final sprint uh, of the game. Uh, and, yeah, so I'm uh, sort of – I'm working on a piece uh, that I'll hopefully finish up this afternoon uh, that is kind of like taking a step back from the game and thinking about it in the larger context of THQ Nordic, who, like, confound me in just every – just the weirdest – company in video games right now in a way that like i love i love waking up every day it's like the sun rises there's always a trump tweet for something (laughs) and then there's always a new ip that thq nordic has Mm -hmm. purchased uh i mean today they they bought carmageddon (laughs) proving my point just howling in laughter it very much fits like the Mid '90s like PC aesthetic that uh, THQ Nordic is going for, yeah. which is largely because those things are cheap and the studios still own them are probably happy to give up on them um, because crowdfunding has become less of a way to fund games and just selling it to someone who will give you any money for it yeah. is probably there was probably a, a reasonable thing window there was a window yeah. at which Carmageddon could have gotten crowdfunding it did I, it, it, it oh, did. did it the window existed it oh, got crowdfunded okay. well, for like a revival that, and like that that, that 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 window has just passed for mm-hmm. a lot of games unless you're like a certain top tier uh, system shock it or, is, or something it like is that. winter time and the windows are all closed oh you know? yeah you yep. Maybe, yeah exactly yeah maybe if you see system shock outside you open the window a little bit but that's it it's a crack you know yeah. um, uh, and so and so like the pitch of THQ Nordic has always been, hey, we're gonna buy those old franchises that have been kind of ignored, and like we're gonna do something with them. And like we the what hasn't been clear since they started in 2013 was like, all right, well like, what 
So what are you going to do with them? And like the, the, it spanned a whole spectrum. Like there are some IPs they've picked up and just like transferred the Steam rights to, and they're just collecting the royalties on stuff that already exists. Right. Um, there are other games where like uh, they're picking up and doing like mobile versions of them. There's some strategy game they're doing that. A Jagged Alliance, right? Mm-hmm. Like Jagged Alliance is one they've picked There's up. There's a new Jagged Alliance and, like this week, I think. Yeah, and, like, it's coming out on PC, but, like, you know, you look at the trailer and it's like, oh, I mean, this kind of just looks like a mobile mobile game game that they're releasing a PC version of. If it's a good mobile Um, game, I would would love to have a good mobile Jagged Alliance game. So, you know, we'll see. And and maybe that exists, right? Like, maybe. Like, we're we're starting to hit, like, the rubber meets the road on a lot of THQ Nordic and, like, what they are. Um, And there's this – I don't want to give away too much of my piece, but, like, there's this quote that, like, kind of, like, set me on – what this is, which is uh, there's a quote from uh, THQ uh, uh, Nordic's founder. Uh, I'm just gonna skip Lars uh, Wing of Fours. I'm I probably butchered that, but anyway, um, there's a quote from 2013 when they started their spree, which is uh, THQ spending 50 million dollars making Darksiders 2. We could produce a game, a product of the same quality, but for a lower cost. 50 million is ridiculous. I can't afford that. Many of our IPs will only generate 50k a year, but it's still money. Sure, it's amounts that EA and the big guys wouldn't care about, but now we have hundreds of IPs, and in a few years, we'll have a few hundred more. We'll all add up to something bigger. And so uh, the question at my piece is like, is like THQ Nordic? Like the pitch here is like, oh, actually, we can be IKEA, which is like we can sell you quality stuff made cheaply that actually undercuts the notion that spending more means better. Right. Um, Or – uh, is it more as as Austin pitched in the chat? Like, is it a big lot? Yeah, which is like Listen, sometimes you need which, to go to a big lot. You know? That I, well, I under I've I've since and writing the paragraph, I put an, uh, a comment that was like, I don't know if big lots works as the analogy because like big lots is like a value, but big lots is honest about what it is, it is. right? You're it's right. like, yo, we've got everything and it's cheap as hell, right? Um, but it's honest about what that pitch is. I actually wonder, and I have this comment to me before I send the piece off to you later. It was like, is it actually more that they're a flea market? Which is right. like lots of things that are sold cheaply, but you also might be buying like, like, uh, like aftermarket, like secondhand, secondhand versions stuff, of these things. Stuff like that's been passed you're not down. actually buying the original; you're buying like a cheap clone yeah. of that thing because that's really what Darksiders Two feels like. I, I used the uh, or three the analogy three, of, right. of a fan of yeah. a fan game yeah. um, when we first talked about it, and that if like if that's what THQ Nordic is ultimately going to be is like, hey, we're gonna buy that thing you like. And we're going to make that sequel, but it's going to be, like, the cheap rundown version of the sequel you actually want. That's not a very interesting pitch if if that's just the cover for what the real business model is, which is what he is saying here, which is buying a bunch of IPs for cheap, making 50K a year off them because you're just rec- you're just making, like, the Steam it's sales a, it's and the digital rights. It's a bulk buy, in a sense. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. a bulk buy. Well, like, in um, that way, they're almost more the, the Big Lots consumer than the Big mm-hmm. Lots store, right? Because they're the right. ones who are like, yeah, we're just going to go to this co- this place. They're going to have a lot of stuff for cheap. And you know what? Most of it's not going to be great. But, you know, it's a lot of value for the – a lot of bang for the buck. And every now and then, you go to a Big Lots and you leave with a coffee maker that's better than it has any right to be. Mm-hmm. And it lasts you for four years. And you're like, wow, yeah, that was – you know what? 25 bucks for this fucking percolator. I'll, you know what? <laughs> BL. It worked you know? out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, we'll see. Like, I, I'm so curious about what the future is for a company like that because I, I – there's part of me that, one, wants there to be room in the marketplace for games that are like something in that Darksiders 3 space. 
because that was such a sign of health for the industry for a long time. Yep. Is that like, hey, a lot of games are coming out and a lot of them are not big AAA games that cost millions and millions and millions of dollars. Um, it's just, it sounds on like the pitch feels sustainable in a way that like we need to make more big prestige games does not feel sustainable. But also uh, that needs to come with the expectations being clear to those dev teams like – I'm fine with dev teams being like, yeah, we're going to make something. It's going to be okay. It's not, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to make a 90, you know, a 98 Metacritic game. We're going to make like a 77 Metacritic game and it's going to be. But it's serving an audience. But it's serving an audience. a specific audience that knows what they're in for and knows what they want. Yep. And. And we're going to have some fun making it. Right. And that's it. It's not, you know, yeah, yeah. And that's. Whereas Dark Siders 3 just feels, it feels cheap. Like it, 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 it feels extremely like if it, like it feels like i bought a budget game and they're charging 60 dollars for it yeah. does the bloomhouse analogy make any sense here at all or yeah, is that's it still I, a little that's when i threw that's when i threw out before the okay. difference yeah so the difference like the bloomhouse model part of the way it works is not exclusive to all of their films but a lot of it mm-hmm. is often like bringing in otherwise expensive talent and just giving them carte blanche to do something like with a wide canvas for real cheap. Right. In which like the financial model of Bloomhouse is built on back end profits. Yeah, they get points so you in the don't, back end. You don't ma- yeah, you don't make okay. a lot. So the way that works is like you don't make a lot. A lot of way you make money in film is like you sign a contract up front. So even if the movie flops, like, hey, maybe you made five, $10 million or whatever the case may be. Right. Um, but the Bloomhouse works is like, actually, we're not, we're going to pay you peanuts up front, but you're going to make points on the back end, which means like if it, overperforms at the box office and even overperforming doesn't have to mean very much right mm-hmm. like if it's a movie on a three million dollar budget if it makes 25 30 million dollars like boom like you did great and yeah. if you're yeah. jennifer lopez yeah you can move you can probably get you know 10 or 20 million bucks out of the, out of that thing you know in terms of like people showing up and spending money oh uh, yeah i wonder if that's a thing that could ever happen in our space right can we get the warren specter's thq nordic game or the huh. or the sam barlow like, oh, from the person who made her story, yeah, we're going to give him a couple bucks. He's going to make a new game. He's going to make her story too, brought to you by THQ Nordic. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, like, to some degree, like, I'm curious. I don't think that's what their model is. I, I don't know, though. I, I truly don't know. I wish I didn't know what their, what their model was for, um, for, like, if there was any sort of uh, profit It doesn't share. seem like they're going out and recruiting. Like, even if you take the profit share out of it, yeah, like, yeah, take, yeah. take that specific model, because I don't think it works as well in video games not when they think um, that these these ips are gonna make 50k a year i think that kind of actually right. says clearly that's not what their model is right like i but i would be more interested and it again doesn't seem like they're doing but like let's say they buy up carmageddon and then they just they're like hey we're just gonna go give this to a weird indie team yeah. and let them go wild god that yeah, would be so that'd be awesome would, like that would be taking sick. taking taking uh like essentially creatively bankrupt ips and then going and finding indie teams who could use the exposure, yeah. like like Carmageddon for a small, interesting team, th- that could be a that that is a worthwhile like exposure yep. uh, gambit versus like a, a more pronounced, you know, like a Cappy Games is not going to make uh, you know a Carmageddon. No. But like you know, I can't believe small... Christine loves getting the car loser has been rebranded. <laughs> Actually, Carmageddon, Carmageddon <laughs> colon getting getting the car loser. <laughs> Not that Christine Love is like an unknown name at this point, of but course. but I was thinking of indie games with cars, and the, it was the first one that came to mind. But there are people on that level <laughs> yes, that, like, yes. if they could just be given an IP, like a weird IP yeah. that is going to get backend support from for like, hey, we're going to handle all the business bullshit. Yeah. Just go make something weird, and you're going to get attention because you're making something weird based on an existing IP in which you're going to fundamentally change 
what people's expectations yeah. are of it. Like that would be super cool and exciting. I, think what's something... I don't think that's what they're doing here. No, because Darksiders three is just like a shittier version of Darksiders. Right, mm. right. I um, there, you know, there was a game that came out this year called All Walls Must Fall, which is like a, a kind of cyberpunk tech noir. Uh, tactics game that uses some interesting that like one it's set in like future Cold War Berlin. Uh, two it, it has like some really interesting queer characters and, yeah. and you know lots of lots of like queer nightclubs. Um, and three it has like a cool like real time resolution mechanic where you kind of plot out your moves and then you hit play and everything goes like goes according to the beat and that's neat and that that team seemed capable if if that game still seemed a little rough but like give them the jagged alliance. Yes. Uh, right. You know, uh, IP. Not, but again, I don't know anything about the, the team that made the Jack Alliance game. I, I don't, so I don't want to like undersell their ability or what their history has been or who well, they've yeah, made. Let's just like assume, ass- it, like assume the cynical version, yes. which is like yes. it's just like a a crappy mobile game uh, that is being used cynically to exploit the Jack Alliance IP because it was cheap to make that, and then it's cheap to make a mobile game in Unity, right? Uh, and then export that to a PC right. version. Like if we, yeah, like let's just assume that as a baseline because that's not like an un realistic reality but if we assume that's like the version of what we're getting like that's so that's so boring compared to what it, it could, could be. be and that's even that's even true for darksiders right like i would have been happy with a, a new a darksiders 3 that was like look we don't have the budget to make the big four horsemen co-op team up game that we've been promising since the original and rather than try and make what ultimately what this was is like a a, a crummy imitation of what came before that is, it seems clear, like, it's, or rather, it's unclear if it was design limitations, but it's explicitly clear that there were budget mm-hmm. limitations. Like, what if they just made something, I don't, make a Darksiders roguelike? I don't know, something that's more contained, that is within the scope of possibility, um, that is more achievable, I would have been okay with. I mean, maybe it's not the Darksiders 3 I wanted, but I'd rather be, like, pleasantly surprised or even pleasantly disappointed by something that was different rather than, like, this, which is like, all right, Darksiders one chance to come back, and it's like this is what we got. Like yeah. that yeah. sucks. Yeah, they could put them in cars. Carmageddon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. There you, you know, go. they're gotcha. all about the apocalypse. <laughs> they are all about the. They could have just a crossover. Carpocalypse. I like it, Patrick. Before we leave Darksiders, I have, uh-huh. a, I have a spoiler question to ask you. Yes, I'm gonna, please. I'm not going to say it out loud. I'm going to. I'm going to. Okay. I'm going to type it here in your your DMs. I have a prediction about this game. No. No. Okay. No. You could see where that would come from. I'm going to say it now then. Can I say it now? Yeah. You don't like tease. There's not even like a question. So this is a game in which you play as one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Uh, one that is not a biblical one. They've like switched some out. They've yeah. added Fury as one of the four horse horse people of the apocalypse. She's, yeah. she's like a wizard who has a cool whip. Um, of course. Uh, and then you're, you're hunting down the seven deadly sins. <laughs> and I was convinced when they first made that pitch that Fury was secretly wrath. Which I think would have been a good twist, not a good twist, uh, you know, but a but like a a, a, a it fun been good. And, and it could have been good yeah. in the way that Darksiders is this '90s comic book, right? Like bullshit send up, like that I'm happy that like yeah, explore that space, make Fury Wrath. So that's not the case, okay? No, no, I fought I just fought Wrath for the second time, and I put him in a gem. So all right, well, <laughs> congrats. Wrath is just. Wrath did seem horny for me, but that's the extent of the relationship right. between Great. Fury and Wrath. A little bit horny. A little bit horny. 
great. You know what? That's, you know. Do Not you, much of a story you. to this game, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Like very little undergirding uh, what's, going, God. what's going on. Um, <laughs> briefly. Uh, yeah. Uh, Danielle, I came in and you were playing something that looked really cool. It uh, is cool. What is it? What is I? Here's what I saw. I came in yes. and you were wandering around what I would say is like a visualization of the internet if it were dipped into like a collection of vaporwave albums. Yes. Uh, what was that game called? That's correct. It's called Broken Reality. Okay. It is a 3D adventure game from Dynamic Media Triad. It's a developer's That's name. That's a great name. Which is, yes, it is a great name. And it is very much like what you said, vaporwave album covers just existing in 3D space. You are exploring basically a 1997 ass looking internet as it exists in a 3D space that you're walking around in. And that's where all the humor comes from. It's where all the puzzles come in. It is, uh, you know, a lot of ridiculous PS1 era textures, lots of neon, lots of blue, lots of purple, uh, a lot of like malware that you later on need to use abilities to kind of like, you know, get through the world. Yeah, I came in and you were like, you were basically saying while you were playing it that you were surprised that there were so many abilities and stuff. You kind of, I think the pitch on it that you'd read maybe made it feel more like just like, a, a more traditional walk, walking right. simulator, quote unquote. That's what I was sort of um, expecting, uh, for sure, because it, this you look at this and it's like all aesthetic, and mm-hmm. it's like that would be enough to kind of carry this for an hour or two. I don't know how long it is. Right, Again, sure. I've only just dipped my little toe into it a little bit, uh, but it is very much uh, a really mechanically interesting game with plenty of puzzles. Like, mm. for example, uh, you need to sort of collect certain things and talk to certain people or certain entities. I don't know who's a person in this game, actually. It's the internet. You never know. It's it could just be a, the could internet. Be an AI could be uh, an ice program, could be a bot, you know? Yeah, there's like a pixel art uh, texture of a dude, and you go into his little house, and yes. he's like, do you want me to teach you the ways of... It's like a very, like, pseudo-Japanese. You okay. know, there's a lot of that in here as well. It okay. does look a little bit like a pagoda. And he kind of, you know, he's like, oh, well, I have a katana but you need to find the three pieces of it, and that'll teach you how to slash through malware, which is oh, basically right, sure, a traversal thing. Like, right. oh, you, you can now go to these other seven areas that were blocked by malware. Right. There, there's a portion that you're looking at right now, which is sort of like Easter Island heads, like very simple 3D polygonal, polygonal excuse me, models that are like they need sunglasses, a hat, and sunscreen because they're out in the sun. Listen, they're out there. Yeah. The Easter Island heads are all in the sun all the time. <laughs> in the sun. Help them out. It's warm and they need help. So so it all looks really, really wild. It sounds interesting. I, we heard a little bit of the soundtrack yeah, earlier. Yeah. There's a warp ability. There's like a lot of mechanical depth for this interesting and actually very rich looking and actually cool. feeling sort of 3D world. So fascinating little game. I, I just sort of like got a press release for it the other day and requested a code. So I was like, well, yeah. this looks wild. They just sent me, you know, gifts. And it yeah. was like. All right, I'll give this a shot, and I'm I'm really pleasantly surprised by how much there's actually some depth here. There is. It's super interesting to see the kind of like trend of games looking at like '90s internet stuff. Yeah. Um, one of the what's what's the one I'm thinking of? Hip, Hypnospace. Hypnospace Outlaw. Outlaw. That's from Jay Tholen, who right. made my favorite game of 2015, was which was Dropsy, Dropsy the Clown. The Clown. Yeah. yeah, that game was cool. Yeah. Um, and, and it's super interesting to see a lot of the like hyper saturated bright colors um you know cyan and magenta right yeah cyan and magenta construction under construction gifts gifts um and and i i just i am genuinely i think we ran a piece last year on on games that did this from uh zach coster yeah um uh it's always interesting to me to see how we um 
mythologize and and consider the past in general and and things that happened there and like we we've seen a lot of that in terms of uh the like, mid-century americana and we get a lot of that when it comes to you know uh, uh various periods in history we the you know the the honorable samurai or the sh- the chivalric knight uh we get a lot of that in terms of thinking about you know the good old days in various formats whether that is uh, everything from like, ah, oh, do you remember when you could fix your own car in your own in your own home garage? Now you got to take it somewhere because it's all electronics. To, um, you know, oh, music just used to be better. People used to really know how to play instruments these days. Blah blah blah. Um, but there's so, so for me, one, it's super interesting to see people who are from in, like these independent spaces starting to to do the work of of kind of making popular those old aesthetics. Um, but two, I'm just always fascinated by like, okay, what gets remembered, what doesn't get remembered? Yeah. Um, how is it that we all have a memory of like anime web rings and guest books and all this other stuff, which which probably didn't have as broad of a reach as, as something like Facebook does, right. certainly. But there are enough like touchstones. Or when you see those things that are not that like, well, this doesn't resonate with me at all because I just wasn't on part of that that platform or the internet in that way at that point. Um, so I'm I'm something I'm paying attention to right now is like how are we how are we mythologizing the internet of the late '90s the the World Wide Web the the flood of people who came on when American when America Online first got the internet and not just America Online you know of course yeah um, uh, that stuff is all fascinating yeah. so. Uh, so the name of that game one more time was uh, Broken Reality. Awesome, and that's on PC. It's on PC. It just came out a couple of days ago. Cool. And by Dynamic Media Triad. Awesome. I'm gonna have two more quick things, and then we can take a break. One is I went back through Hitman Two, and I did the Escalation mission and the Elusive Target. The Elusive Target was Sean Bean. Good. Who, <laughs> good. Uh, was he good. always is. He's he mocks you while you do it. Like there's a sequence in that where if you end up in the same place as him, he literally walks over to you and he's like, so. How are you going to kill me? What do you think? Let's say hypothetically like you were here to kill me. Uh, yeah. And he's like, would you would you try to throw the knife at me from across the room? Mm, that seems like a dangerous uh, proposition. Uh, perhaps you try to poison me, but you wouldn't know what types of antitoxins I was already on. Right? It was a very interesting little, little – But so I avoided that entirely. What I did is I got a sniper rifle and I walked into the control tower at – the Miami like racetrack and yes. I knocked those guys out and then I just shot him from across the level while he was like, in a conference room in a building across the way and that felt incredibly good um, <laughs> and then I did the escalation the first escalation mission which I've mentioned before those are my favorite things those are the ones where they add interesting little um, challenges that stack on top of each other and force you to really understand the environment and so the one that I did was the first one that came out for, for this new game uh, it took place in the Columbia level which is kind of like a <laughs> port side town uh, next to this big estate, this villa, and then a kind of um, uh, these cocaine fields and this like underground drug base. And the the way the escalations work is there's restrictions that get put on you and targets get added. So for this first escalation, what those were were the first guy is like, okay, there's a guy in this cocaine field. You have to kill him with, with a machete. He's marked on your map. And also you cannot be outside of the foliage cover for more than 15 seconds. <laughs> and so it's like, okay, that's, that's hard, but it's not that hard. So you yeah. do that one. The second person gets added and the Second, the second level of it is like, okay, it's those two people and uh, the first one's a machete, the second one's a pistol. And it's like, okay, well, I have a silenced pistol so I can get the kill and as long as I'm far enough away, they won't see where it came from right away so I'll, I'll be able to get away. The third final level is three people, the first two, plus one who's pretty far away. The, the 
Um, third guy has to be killed with a melee attack, which means with like a weapon in a fight, not just like yeah. maybe you can backstab him, but but at the very least you can't just like knock him out and then kill him on the ground. You can't throw a knife at him or something. You have to kill him in a melee. Uh, and it says, and you can't use the the exit that's nearby. So suddenly you're like, oh, oh fuck, where are the other exits in this level? How do I get there without without leaving the foliage for more than 15 seconds? Like, I'm like sprinting down the road looking for bushes to hide in. <laughs> and it produces like a very fun, goofy, like, like restriction on the way you play. So that was cool. Nice. And the second thing, really quick, uh, I can talk a little bit about Battletech and Stellaris. Uh, both have had updates. I talked a little bit about Battletech already, but I couldn't talk about the actual new stuff. I kind of just talked about re- jumping back in. The Battletech stuff is rad as hell. It's a DLC called Flashpoint, which adds to it adds a career mode, which lets you just kind of do the career story stuff or without the story stuff, just like, hey, I'm a mercenary out in the world. Um, and it's cool to do that stuff where you don't get the kind of injections of all of the special gear and money that you get from the main story in that game. You're just like, all right, I'm a mercenary. I got to make bank. Um, and they've just made that feel more fulfilling. There's new maps, map types. There's like a new like tropical uh, jungle map type. Um, and there's also new mission types in general. Like I, I feel like I'm getting missions I've never gotten before and I already had 80 hours in that game. Wow. Um, and then there's also these new things called flashpoints that they've added, which are special um, kind of near end game series of quests that the various factions in that world give you. In the game, as it when it launched, it was kind of really only interested in this place called the Periphery, which, as the name suggests, was on the outside of the kind of more traditional Battletech factions. Like they were all kind of there nearby, but they weren't. They didn't care about this area, mm-hmm. um, and so they would show up here or there. It would be kind of a big deal if they were name dropped in any way. Here with the flashpoints, you were a mercenary doing special requests for those groups. Like one of the first ones that I got was to protect a shipment of a new experimental mech. Um, and the way that it works is it they, they make you kind of take missions in direct order, one after the other after the other, without the ability to really like repair your mechs between mm-hmm. combat. And that ended up being really cool. And, Seems and hard. It's hard. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. And it's just cool to start playing around. With the ideas of, like, uh, reputation between factions uh, actually mattering again, um, because in the main game, in the, in the original game, that just didn't that just didn't happen, and the new patch or the new DLC both focus on that a lot, where you're really like, hey, I really want to be aligned with House Steiner or with the, the you know, with uh, the, free, the free states or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, the Merrick free states. And so, like, that stuff is really neat to, like, as someone who's a fan of that world, to actually get to dig into that. Uh, yeah. A little bit more. Um, and uh, I guess lastly, the last thing there is just like, it's cool to play that game and for it to give me a challenge again. I, I've been playing with my both my a new career <clears throat> mode where you're really low level again. And I'm like fucking around with really tiny mechs that I haven't used in a long ass time. And then even in my post game main save, the new stuff is like actually kind of hard. And like, okay, wow, this is pushing me a little bit. I lost one of my best pilots. That felt great in a weird way, like to suddenly be because I kind of walked all over the last right. act of that game because you're just so fucking strong at that point that if as long as you don't lose anything, you're not going to lose anything, you know. <laughs> um, and so to go back into that and have a great deal of challenge added and really cool new missions, um, some new characters, like that stuff all felt really good. So nice. Battletech, rad. I've only dipped my toe in the new Stellaris campaign or new Stellaris DLC, which is uh, the expansion is called Megacorp. It adds like <laughs> the most evil Megacorps you could ever imagine. <laughs> uh, all sorts of all sorts of uh, uh, mechanics for like 
uh, galactic trade markets and slave trading and all sorts of like terrible shit that we would be we really would be encountering we would because be encountering we always did yeah. and like blowing it the fuck up yep. if possible absolutely um, which gets into some tricky stuff because I, this is true for like all grand strategy games or most grand strategy games where they're like okay we want to we want to simulate the range of possible things that that sovereign states can do um, and so you run into this throughout all of their games, including the EU games and Victoria and, you know, uh, Crusader Kings, a game that has the word Crusader in the title, right? right? Um, in which you are going on crusades if you are aligned to the Pope, because the Pope in that game can just be like, yeah, it's time for a crusade. Uh, everybody give me a bunch of armies. I'm going to go kill a bunch of brown people. Man. And like, all right, yeah. well, I was over here just trying to become like the Duke of Sicily, but all right, here's some people, I guess. <laughs> um, and... It's always tough because one of the things that, that I think we can do, we can do one of two things. One, we can say no game should ever have a slavery market in it because slavery is a real thing that hurt lots and lots of people, that, you know, destroyed cultures, uh, that that d- broke up not just families but, but entire, like, entire societies, cultures. entire yeah. cultures yeah. again, yeah. Um, and that that gave wealth to people. It was it was it was a, an opportunity for some to build generational wealth uh, of a sort that's hard to conceptualize. Um, but also, the other re- reaction you can have is no, but it was real, and so it should be in the game. I think both of those fail to engage with the idea of like, okay, the process of making a game is one of abstraction and simulation. And so you can make a game in which there is a slave market or which slavery is a thing. I mean, Solaris already had slavery. We did an 18 yep. or 25-hour long campaign of trying to eradicate it from our network or our our uh, neighborhood or our galactic neighborhood. Um, but that's different than having a specific slavery market, right? Like those are two distinct implementations of wanting to make a game about slavery. Yep. I've not yet played – or not about slavery, but one in which slavery is happening. I've not yet encountered that mechanic in my current Stellaris playthrough because I'm my head is just like not able to comprehend some of the bigger picture changes that they've made to that game. They've totally changed it wow. in some key ways that like – if you go back and watch our Let's Play of Stellaris from this year – it's unrecognizable in some real ways in terms of the way like planets work. They're wow. just completely different. There's no more like Danielle. You remember there were tiles on every oh, planet yeah. and you put people on them and they yeah. grew and that's just gone. Wow. There's now just like a completely different system for how it conceptualizes space and districts populations and, and populations. Yeah. And so yeah. like populations now aren't just okay. This person is this race and they're working on this tile, so they're doing this job. Now it's like you build districts on your planet. Excuse me, on your planets. So you could have, for instance, two planets that look the same on the outside, but you've specialized one to be an entertainment district. And so it, it recruits people who want to come do entertainment jobs. And this other one is like your bureaucracy planet that has a bunch of clerks and administrators and So it's the way Star Trek works. It's like, it's, it's like well, it's sort of like the way Star Trek works or – it's like, yeah, it's it's, it's the it's, planet of lawyers. Or it's almost to me, yeah. they, they remind me much more of like real cities in a sense. Sure. Yeah. In the sense that, like, okay, this city has a lot of financial district jobs, okay. right? Yeah. But it also still is going to have. It doesn't, maybe it doesn't have any farming, but it does still. To, in order to have a successful financial planet, you're still going to need an entertainment, a couple of entertainment districts, and some good you're food imports, public transit, public transit. Need X, Y, and Z. totally, totally. Yeah. And so you end up, you end up kind of needing to balance all the population happiness and blah blah blah. I haven't wrapped my head around it yet, so I can't even give you a fun story of how those systems interacted sure. yet. Um, and also, reviews aren't out yet, so I can't give you like my good final impressions. I still need to play a lot more of it.
it, but streaming is allowed right now. So I, it, if I find time in the next week, I would love to be like, how the fuck do I play this game <laughs> on stream? Nice. Um, so yeah, no final impressions, no real like opinions on it yet. But I'm these are the questions that are on my mind as I play that stuff. So, um, so yeah, that's that's me for for this week. Uh, we should take a quick break and we come back. We should talk about like game news checking on the world of, of the video news? The video games uh they're not just pac-man anymore and the industry is changing <laughs> oh, so uh, when moment. we come back we'll talk about that hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, we are back. It is it is game awards season. It sure is. We sent in our ballots. It was the most waypoint ass ballot. It, it was, was oh my god! If it you looked beautiful. at all of our choices for that ballot, I am so just throwing vote, just throwing votes into a just pit. throwing votes into yes. a pit. Like, Protest vote all day. Just take just take our take our ballot and just burn it because it doesn't mean yep. anything. Uh, you know, I think I maybe there's some stuff in there that was our. You know, some of our nominees are certainly on this list. So the way that it works on our side is we send in what, all, what who we want to nominate, and then the Game Awards, the Keeleys, uh, the folks there at the Keeleys, uh, collate all of those that come in from all of the different voting publications, and then we get a second ballot that's like based on all of our the various voting publications nomination, uh, and, and then you vote on those. And you can tell, it, you know, there are a lot of games that maybe we nominated that didn't make the cut here. I'm it's shocked. weird that Battletech isn't up for Game of the Year. I don't know why. Or Into the Breach. <laughs> or Into the Breach. Into the Breach is on here, though. I'll, I'll, ta- I'll take Celeste as a stand-in, yes. though. Like, that is a really, really terrific game. And so it's – I'll – that's not the one I would have put in there. I think Celeste is a top ten game of right. the year, so like I'm not totally. Upset I just with want it, but, like that's cool that it made one sure. of. Them. I just want Jeff Keeley to please rename best strategy game the best waypoint strategy waypoints best strategy <laughs> game of the year award because those games are the Banner Saga three, BattleTech, Frostpunk, Into the Breach, and Valkyria Chronicles four. Um, the waypoint games. The waypoint games. That's 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 <laughs> us. Um, so yeah, what do you what do you want to talk about about not just the awards because like I don't want to go through and be like here's what I'd pick in those things. We'll have plenty of our own end of the year yeah. stuff, but whenever it's Game Awards season, it's kind of announcement. It's like second announcement season or third announcement season in the year, and there's already some rumors popping about stuff that could that could happen at the at the TGAs to the the GAs. I don't know what to call them. Sure, the Keelys, the, the Game the Keelys. Patrick, do you want to do you want to uh, hit me up with them rumors? Well, it's it's interesting the context that this specific game awards fits into because it is both straddling, given the the news which we didn't we didn't talk about in a previous podcast that Sony yeah. is officially dropping out of E3 for next year. They'll be back right. in 2020 yep. when the the next generation of consoles uh, like formally gets underway. Um, but you know, it, with the PlayStation experience not a thing, um, also because it sounds like they didn't really have enough announcements or the announcements that they're holding on to. They're, you know, stocking things away for the the next sort of 
uh, wave of machines. Um, this year, like, kind of is going to be a weird thing where it's going to be fun to figure out, like, is this game that's being announced a game for now, or is this a game that's actually coming, like, fall 2020 for, like, the new consoles, but they're just not going to put anything at the end because they don't want to act, they can't actually start signaling that stuff for, mm. for a while yet. Um, I mean, the one that I think people are, like, at least, I'm glad, I'm glad that Rocksteady came out and just said, yo, we're not going to be there. Yeah. Because um, I think that's a game that people are kind of, been, like, holding their breath on for uh, a long time to see what they're going to end up doing. Um, I'm also glad that they just finally straight up said, we're not making a Superman Oh, did they game. come out and say that? I sp- yeah, like the, they they came out and just said, "Hey, we're not making Superman." Huh. Um, I suppose that doesn't preclude a Justice uh, League game, Superman, from being in yeah. there. Um, you know, I I I will say like what I have heard about that game is curious. I am super yeah. interested to see what it is. I'm I'm uh, not authorized. I'm not I'm not vetted that through other people to let me know pass on what that is. So not to be that guy. I'm not trying to be that guy. Um. But I, I I am interested to see. I don't know much of the form of that game, but I have heard enough about what it is to be like. I'm super curious to see the, what that game ends up being. Um, that's alongside uh, the, the they haven't announced, but there's there it's supposed to be a big week for Marvel. We're getting a second Captain Marvel trailer, the uh, Avengers Infinity War two or whatever that's called is on Wednesday, and then it sounds like we're gonna get a look at the Crystal Dynamics Avengers game. Mm-hmm. Uh, on on Thursday, which I will echo the exact same thing that I said about <laughs> the the Rocksteady game. I've heard enough about that game to be like, huh? All right, I'm interested to see what that thing uh, actually is. Yeah, um, because, they've been working on it for a uh, long time, right? Like it's been. Yeah, when it got announced, it was like, uh, from what I understand, it wasn't like sort of. Uh, we've been working on this for a while, and like we've got a foundation built. It's like oh, that game was like, like starting from scratch around the time that the actual announcement was made and so there's a reason it's taken you know i think three years um to get to actually revealing uh what that is but like they're an interesting team like not not a necessarily like a natural fit you know from tomb raider to avengers but you could see you could see where that you can see where like that leap that's the thing i'm curious about Um, is do they make that leap What's the leap? Like, does right. this game look like a Tomb Raider game? Does this game look like a, you know, is, this a, is it an open world yeah. game where you're your own superhero and Iron Man and all of them are around right. you? Or are you, like, jumping between those characters? Uh, is, it, is it a game? You know, I think the question I'm thinking, and Jason Schreier at Kotaku alluded to this uh, about what he said about the Rock City game, and I can at least allude to hearing similar things. Is like, games as a service is, yeah. like, that's the thing right now, right? So... Where does that slot into traditionally single-player games when those traditionally single-player games are also moving away from, like, explicit... It's not like it was around, like, Bioshock 2, where it was like, every game needs a multiplayer mode, because that's how we're surviving in a world in which used games are really cutting into the profits of uh, big-budget AAA games. So now we moved into, like, this more Destiny, you know, continual, evolving game where it's multiplayer, but it's just... I don't know. It's 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 different than just like slotting in death. Yeah, it's like and a bigger, so, more substantial thing, and that's what you. Yeah, look at Red Dead, right? Like, look at Grand Theft yeah. Auto. Like Grand Theft Auto Five, we would have got. My guess is we would have gotten Red Dead Redemption Two Two a lot sooner had Grand Theft Auto Online not taken off in yeah. a way yeah. oh, that seemed to 100%. give them like two or three years of buffer yeah. room. Um, and and the goal because they probably to didn't. make that again to get a second yes a right. second faucet of 
online like money basically right 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 um yeah like that's like the weirdest thing about a lot of this stuff in general is you know spider-man is a single player game it as far as i know it's 100 percent single player there's no maybe there's photos or something that you can share but like that's it uh and so you could you can see the case right like, oh, no they can just make a single player avengers game and it's if it's really good breath of the wild that game is a, that's, that's a single, single player, player game, game. Though, yeah, like, single player like, games, the the death of the single player game is like highly kind of overrated highly exaggerated yeah. Yeah. but what is what there is is a trend towards yes. games of service also like there there are publishers who are who are pursuing games of service by which i mean games are the primary the primary income is not just the initial purchase point but also ongoing uh, monetization, season pass, season pass DLC, uh, DLC. yeah, new character releases. Here we're talking a lot about Ubisoft games, Wildlands, Division, Siege, Assassin's uh, For Creed Honor, Odyssey. Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Well, does Odyssey? I guess Odyssey's just doing a lot of DLC. Yeah, because they've right? had like they've already twelve had... or something in oh. the last. I mean, they're well, Jeez. they do a mixture of they do a smart mixture, right, of free DLC right. and paid yeah. DLC. Totally. Um, so it's like they're ha- they're trying to do both. They're like they're trying to entice you with the season pass, but also like, hey, we're going to keep They right, sprinkle some things in stuff for... In there. Right, yeah. totally. Um, but with something like the Avengers, my, I guess the reason that I would... The reason that I think we're even talking about games of service is uh, the Avengers is one of these things that's like, oh, that's somehow bigger than Spider-Man at this point, right? Like, the Avengers is the is the Marvel brand right now. It is the biggest thing that they have going. And it because of that, I think our gut is that should align with the biggest thing that publishers think is going, which is a faucet that you can turn on and bleed for as long as you can. <laughs> and maybe that game's going to be great. And I'm just trying to cons- – I'm trying to cons- – because, like, it's not hard to conceptualize a Destiny-like superhero right. game. What I'm having trouble conceptualizing is one in which everyone is Iron Man, Thor. I mean, that was the <laughs> like Marvel – what was the Marvel Ultimate Alliance but multiplayer game called? Yeah. Uh, oh, the, the Marvel uh, All Stars, um, Marvel. Uh, fuck, what was that called? That got canceled, and it was like about. a whole weird thing. And there was that yeah. failed. Um, I don't even remember what franchise it was from like ten years ago, almost. But that MMO that everybody was a superhero, and it that was uh, City of Heroes. Yes, and then they also made a different a different team, or like some of the same team made champions online. So two two superhero right. games there. But those don't those work because like you you're making your own character. You're making your own character, they you get your own outfit, you get your own power like power set D, uh, DC Universe Online did the same thing. Right. And so instead of just having Batman, like everyone's Batman running around, you had everyone was creating their own fake everyone Batman. Everyone was Batman. Yeah, you right. Know what I mean? it was like, purple uh, ears. Well, I mean, yeah. but I'm almost there's like yeah. a there's a world where they could do that though, right? Like there's a world where it's like, what if you thought of all the Avengers as classes? Right, right, right. right. And then you're and like there's a long lineage and history of like understudies and like passing of yeah. the mantle. And so there's like a world where like the Avengers still exist or like they they're like a you know at yep. the top. Like you're not playing as bat as, as Iron Man and the Hulk, but like you uh, you can play like a gamma radiation that is class. Exactly, you can play as an Iron Man that class. That is exactly what DC Universe Online did. Yeah, yeah. You had your gadget, you know, uh, right. powers. You could basically pick a combination of different things. So you could be like the gadgeteer who does the Batman stuff and also you could have like some speed powers. There was, right. So you'd be like, what if Batman and the Flash had like a protege basically or a so baby? What if they had a baby? What if they had a baby? That's Which right. that isn't how it works. Is Batman's powers aren't genetic, but you know, I, it's whatever. It's a conceptual baby, literally. Yeah, he conceived <laughs> it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm curious. We'll see. I think that, that that's that's one of the, the more interesting rumors going around. Uh, anything else that's supposed to pop off this week? 
you know, I'd be saying from software as a history, but they have a game coming yeah. out and they tend to talk about a game at a time. So I doubt we're going to get Bloodborne too. You know, and I, I, I'm also, I'm also holding fast to the theory that like Death Stranding is Death Stranding and The Last of Us 2 are going to be the last gasps for the PS4, which like, Hey, worse things could happen. To go yeah. Out on. yeah. Um, and that the Bloodborne 2 is, you know, going to be part of that. You think it's a, I mean, maybe that game come, maybe it comes out on PS4 and like we start, yeah. yeah, we get one of those like, Hey, haven't you always wanted a 60 frames per second Bloodborne game? Like, buy yourself a PS5. Yeah, okay, d- where's done, my credit card? Done. Like, do, got it, got it. Like, take it. Uh, briefly, Marvel Heroes was the name of the game I couldn't think of a moment ago. That was the online Diablo-style gotcha. Marvel joint. Um, uh, Mortal Kombat's supposed to be at the Game Awards, is my understanding. Or, again, rumored. Rumored yeah, Mortal Kombat 11. There's, rumor. there's, been, there's been, like, LinkedIn yeah, leaks and yeah. stuff. I'm interested. Uh, Those like are that. fun. I those love those sure, games. I, yeah. The, even the modern ones. Yeah, yeah, I hear they're great. I'll only play them for, you know, a few hours, but I will have a great few <laughs> hours. Story modes are, like, really they're good. Awesome. They're both, like, really good and deeply uh, under-exploited. <laughs> like, there's so much more they could do with the story. Like, like Injustice 2, like, I don't like, I don't play fighting games, but, uh, like, I, Injustice 2 had, like, a better story than Justice League and was, like, a way more interesting use of the characters, even though it has to fit fit, with, fit within, like, the most ridiculous conceit <laughs> of, like, making sure they're all, these two characters are, like, different characters are fighting because it's really also, like, a carousel for you to understand, like, the <laughs> yep. basic tenets of, like, how every character in the game works. It's, like, a, a long tutorial that's also a story that's more interesting than, like, most of what DC has done in their, like, cinematic universe. And so... But I also think they could do like a much more ambitious, uh, sprawling story. And as someone that is like much more closely aligned to Mortal Kombat than DC in terms of like characters I quote unquote care about, <laughs> like I would love, I would love for there to be like a really expansive, you know, Shaolin monks like style thing that they do with Mortal Kombat. So I'm I'm crossing my fingers because what they've already always done has been good enough and it's been fun. But man, it's just like oh, like I would really love to see them. Just fucking go for it. I'm probably like the last fighting game before the console, the console switch. switch. Yeah. Um, some other stuff that's happening. Uh, Obsidian's teasing a game. Obsidian right. has has put out like a, a little teaser countdown thing, which is that lined up to the to the, the choice award or the gamers? Yeah. It so is. I think we'll probably see that yeah. there. Um, but that's a. I am now. I will now be disappointed if it's not Space Shock. It, I think it's Space <laughs> Shock. Uh, it's you know it's playing in like a very retro aesthetic. Also, I don't know if you did you see any of this stuff. It's like I heard about it, but uh, I didn't actually watch anything. You know, yeah, the teasers look like it's 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 just a space version of like you know Bioshock's throwback. Yeah, it's very much in that that like <clears throat> maybe even just like a little post Art Deco, sure. but like pre Atomic Age, like it's right in the middle there. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's actually earlier than that. Um, uh, there's one that says like Spacer's Choice and has like a spaceship flying like a gilded spaceship flying away and then the other one says like auntie cleo's so we'll see i'm very curious uh yeah it'll be at the game awards um but this is not a microsoft obsidian project obsidian got bought by microsoft but this is not uh, this, this is free yeah this is gotcha yeah take two is technically involved in this it's their indie uh, so like basically what was that ea uh uh ea partners right right, yeah. right. right? Yeah, we're like that, that's that's where we're like Rock Band and other things came yeah. came out of. Um, EA Partners was dope. EA Partners like, was yeah. like a great, yeah, a great, cool games came out of that. Uh, and it was good for. It was super cool until they realized they didn't own the IPs, and they were like, okay, run, yeah. like we're out. Uh, so this is, yeah, this is private <laughs> division, which is is it a subsidiary of Take Two, or is it just connected in some like? Way? I believe it's a subsidiary yes, it is, um, it in which like they they started handling the uh, Kerbal 
uh, 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 space. Why am I program the last Kerbal, Kerbal yeah. Space Program was like their the, the thing they've been doing, but like that was already off the ground. Like I don't. I think this is like far for like their first formal like start to finish project. Basically, where Take Two is you know uh, working with outside. Uh, in, in it's basically like we want to work with independent yeah. developers, but like what does that mean? And so like the reason Space Shock is the thing that got me excited is because Bioshock Three has been development in various forms for like a long time um, that's been well documented. And uh, Jason Schreier like recently reported that, you know, there's a new iteration, a very like that's called Bioshock being worked on uh, over at 2K. Um, but a version of Bioshock has been developed at take two almost immediately since Bioshock Inf- or Infinite came out and Ken Levine's off doing, I don't know, his storytelling Lego mm-hmm. thing or whatever he's been working on for like six years mm-hmm. now. Um, and they've talked about wanting to make Bioshock, like larger than Bioshock, and like having Shock be like an uh, like a, a big like staple IP of theirs. So the idea that Space Shock would be it'd be a very natural extension of of that. And so uh, you know, I'm sure Obsidian does cool stuff, even uh, if it's not my thing. But man, I I wanted to. Wouldn't it be cool? Wouldn't it be funny <sighs> if we said we've been sitting here like ah, the immersive sim is dead, and then just fucking Space Shock. Right at it's the end of 2018. Yes. It's not dead. It's just being filtered out into little projects. Yes. The I would like. I could also imagine. Could you also imagine? I so it's like. Well, what is the budget on something like this? Is this? It could also be an overhead right. like RPG. Hundred percent. It could it. also totally very much be, be another that. another one of those in that model. It could be a follow up to New Vegas, but set in outer space, and you get a spaceship and you're exploring a solar system. Who could say? Who could say? We could all imagine things. Um, a little bit of other news. Uh, some some people suggesting maybe we'll get some Dragon Age stuff. Uh, at the Game Awards. I think they've already said they've said there's a quote uh, that from Casey Hudson in his like December update from Bioware. Um, you already know we're working on some secret Dragon Age stuff. Dragon Age is an incredibly important franchise in our studio and we're excited to continue its legacy. Look for more on this in the coming months, though I won't tell you where or the coming month, though I won't tell you where to look. That sounds like Game Awards, but who knows? Don't announce a That's my game. thought because the phrasing, <laughs> the phrasing, we're excited to continue its legacy is really open ended. And if you're going to announce a mobile game, just say you're going to announce a mobile game. Just say we, we're, you know, uh, you know, or... we're working on some big projects, but we have some small stuff coming up. That blah blah blah. Right. And I'm not again like we, I've I've waited on the the Diablo mobile game, which is like chill. Like they're going to make the big thing, but people are not sure at all what Bioware is working on. At all. And that, that fan base is currently with Anthem about to come out. Currently is like wondering how much they matter to this fran- to this to this studio and are not seeing other places they can go to find what they were looking for. Like I think a lot of people were hoping that Assassin's Creed Odyssey would scratch some of like the companion and romance itches. And that there's romance in that game, but it is not like wandering around with your companions and flirting and bickering and bantering. And that stuff is so much like more core than the Odyssey stuff that is like Hitting the heart button five times, you know. For sure, I agree. If they were if they were smart, they would take a cue from Nintendo's trolling antics, mm-hmm. which they've like really perfected in the last two years or so. And what they would announce is like honoring the legacy is like, hey, we're doing a Dragon Age collection right. of like everything that we've produced so so far. We're like cleaning it up. It's for consoles. It's for PC. Put that shit on iPad. Wow, we're doing all this. Yep. Right? Yeah. Like all this. Like, hey, this is us. Like. Putting, you know, like putting all this stuff in a box as we pivot to the to the next thing, and like initially there'd be like people would be excited, but like 
there'd be disappointment. They're like, oh, that's what you got us hyped for? And then it's like, you know, cut to black. And they're like a very brief, just like brief yeah, teaser. Yeah. Like, especially given the way that Dragon Age uh, uh, Inquisition yes. ended. Did you finish? Like, wait, did you play that up game? Like a, yeah, okay. I didn't like it, did but I played the, it. Did you do the um, DLC? Do you know about the DLC? No. No, okay. I, I yeah, read yeah, up yeah. on like where, yeah. where it goes. Uh, I did not like the combat and sure. all in that game, but I loved <laughs> yeah. the story. And yeah. so I was just like, I'm not going to slog through that again. Um but you could see it like there are characters you can put on screen pay, and you'd be like, pay, yo, if all you need is 30 yeah. seconds to have someone say like a, a line, yeah. uh, you know, and then cut to the title and then just, you know, see you right. soon. You know, like that's all that's right. all you need to do. And like that would get people very hyped and like probably actually bleed into hype for Anthem, especially as that uh, what the closed alpha that's is kind of this coming, coming weekend. weekend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's like there's a there's a way where they could structure this puzzle box in in, in, a, in a cool way, but uh, I will say I don't have a whole lot of confidence based on based on past track. <laughs> yeah, we'll cards. see. I feel like there's a their their N seven message. I don't know if any of y'all saw that they they did the mm-hmm. which was that, that was, was good. good. That and was so, good. And that that included the um, Casey. Yeah, the, the coffee. coffee. Cup. What did it say? It said uh, fuck. Uh, uh, I should be going or something. One of one of those. <laughs> Oh yes. man, what was it? It's a, it's a meme from Mass. Oh, it's bad that I don't remember it. I'm literally watching Alex. Hey, it's been a little while. Uh, Navarro yeah, play through Mass Effect One right now. Um, but yeah, I should go. Is what the his coffee cup just said. I yeah. should go, which is what what Shepard says at the end of every conversation yeah. that they have. And like in even when it makes no sense, even when someone is like Shepard, you know, you really you really saved the day on this one. You really turned my life around. I should go. All right, great. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, Shepard. Love it. Um, so yeah, that, I, I'm I'm curious to see what leaks out of that anthem uh, uh, alpha. Actually, I don't know if it's NDA. It'll probably be NDA to hell. But I know how the internet works. Reset era will be yeah. reset era, right? Um, yep. I guess uh, uh, the other thing is we should wrap back around real quick to the Sony stuff uh, before we go deeper into the question bucket. Actually, someone actually sent in a question. So if you have questions, you can send them in to gaming at. Uh, vice.com. I was like, I was almost at waypoint.com. That is still a financial services company that will not you get know? to us. Gaming at vice.com for all of your questions. Use the subject question in the subject line. This comes in from Terrell, who says, Sony pulling out of E3 and how will it affect small devs? Hello, everyone. With the recent news of Sony pulling out of E3, do you think that third parties should feel slighted? I can't imagine, uh, I can imagine developers who may be releasing later next year on PS4 or those who currently have marketing deals potentially feeling hung out to dry by not having that big push on a large stage. This coupled with the fact that Sony has mostly Sorry, Sony has been mostly disregarding indie developers as of the last few years adds up to not a good look for Sony. What are your thoughts? Is Sony making a mistake in skipping E3 as far as maintaining partnerships with third parties? Thanks for everything, Terrell from PA. Um, well, after the tent thing last year. Right. That's my you know, thought, too. I, I just <laughs> – I'm sure you all have more substantive thoughts no. on this. But for in general, like it, it seems like they were already – they were trying go big or go home. Go big did not work super well last year, and now they're E3 is just not a priority for them. Yeah, I think part of it is definitely they don't have that much to show in terms of big first party stuff at this point. Uh, the bike, the biker zombie game, oh, dead, yeah. days death, gone, days gone, good days catch, gone. good catch. Uh, we'll be out by then. Um, I, Will it? Yeah, that's that's like a month or two from now. I've seen nothing about that. Yeah. Yeah. They'll ra- they'll probably ramp up a the little bit. The beginning of January, uh, I yeah, like, start hearing like, okay. stuff. I mean, there's right. another press event. All right. And like that, that Death Stranding probably, <clears throat> there was a Walmart Canada <laughs> of all, you know, which was 
It caused yep. some problems last right. year with some leaks. Um, so what I saw this morning supposedly had uh, listed um, Death Stranding as a uh, like June mm-hmm. release. Like, wouldn't shock it would not shock me if that game was like their like late spring, early summer release, and that The Last of Us is announced for next fall and then gets delayed to early twenty 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 twenty. And then that's just that's the swan song of the PS4, PS4 yeah. which would be fitting given that The Last of Us was the swan song for the PS3. But like, um, they're not going to just show Ghost of Tsushima, Death Stranding, and and some VR games that right. you know, which you know, I'm happy for. But like that's you can't necessarily hang. You know, like the, the the headlines they get out of this, which is people disappointed about no press conference, is better than the headlines of ah, uh, like what a disappointing E3 compared to. You know, a Microsoft who's probably going to be like pretty yeah. guns blazing between now and fall twenty twenty. Like there are rumors today that they're you know in talks for to acquire another studio that you know like in the reset era thread people were speculating Ready at Dawn, which would be like a mm-hmm. smart interesting uh-huh. pickup for for them if that actually panned out. Ready at Dawn um, being the that, developers of the Order eighteen eighty six, the like underrated God of War right. PSP games from right. So a studio that <laughs> historically back. had worked with Sony. Yes, um, which much. like yeah you don't you don't want to hit, hit you don't want to take that knock you know mm-hmm. if you're if you're Sony and but I will say to Terrell's point I think this that yeah like I I think probably if you're an indie at this point you already know that the Sony marketing team is not going to push your game at E3 the last two years have shown that in the in 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 the post Nick Sutner Adam Boys mm-hmm. like era of third party relations there that shift has just stopped being there right like i I, i've said this before but like the ps4 was built on the back of great indie games and great great independent developers filling out that that uh consoles like hardware or or software library very early on in the uh in its life cycle and and in the last couple of years like i'm not saying there aren't still great independent games to buy on the playstation 4 you can still buy most of them there (laughs) but they're not getting uh stage presence as sony has moved more and more and more towards these big triple a like themed stage shows where With there's the live music and flute and, yeah exactly yeah. exactly so uh and corpse is falling from the ceiling right like what right happened can't forget that that was a weird one um <laughs> i will say it's cool uh, uh you know shout outs to the kind of funny guys they're doing a show uh, i believe this oh, awesome. saturday yeah um, what are they there was a press they're showing 60 release. games i think that was in the press release you know yeah, I want, I want to make sure I get it uh, the details right. But they basically cited, uh, yeah, the Kind of Funny Game Showcase, uh, which sounds like it started as a lark and then turned a real into, thing. which is Greg Miller's career. Wow! Uh, I, oh! Patrick, I say that in wait the most endearing yeah. way possible. But also, Patrick. Which, oh, too. no, no. Like, I mean, what? That, that's everyone. That's like, you know, stumbling into things and like making the yeah, most of yeah. it. Like, I, I love Greg Miller to death. Yeah. Like, and like this, this uh, they, they cited this indie showcase as being like, hey, look. Um, like mostly citing the PlayStation experience going away, but this also plays into the E3 discussion of like, hey, like th- there's and there'll be some indie stuff at you know the Game Awards and stuff like that, but that's not it, and, and that in some ways the Game Awards does help fill in some of these gaps. So basically, like yeah. they're gonna yeah showcase 60, uh, all these says. games. So Saturday, yeah, Saturday, December 18th at 10 a.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time at Twitch.tv/slash/KindaFunnyGames. They're gonna have reveals and stuff from Sega, Drinkbox, Devolver, Humble, Biffle, Kid Fox Games, yeah. Outerloop, Future Lab. I just think it's cool. It's interesting. I think that's, I, that's, we that's are, really neat that they're... For me, this speaks to to an incredible... Like, it speaks to the strangeness in games media and games, yeah. like, uh, uh, PR, everything right now. Because, like, 
kind of funny is going to have to cover these games at some point, right? And I'm not, I want to be yeah. clear, I'm not throwing Greg under the bus, but I think that, so one, I think the kind of funny model is going to happen more and more in media across, across uh, all sorts of media, not just in games media, not just the games press. I think one of the ways in which uh, creative people, uh, whether that is people who want to make videos on the internet or people who want to cover games or people who want to cover politics and cover environmental justice, are going to move is towards small funding, small funding models with sustainable, uh, uh, community-driven content. Um, we, you know, uh, uh, all of us have at some point been participating in some group that has been community-funded, right? Whether that is uh, through like Idle Thumbs had a had a uh, Patreon. I mean, that might have been after you left Idle Thumbs. I think though. it was, but yeah. Um, but yeah. like that network has certainly always had a community driven model. Uh, Patrick and I were with a giant bomb for years. I'm still with friends at the table. Like we all have, we all know what the additional sustainability comes from having a community driven model. Um, and I think that that is so useful and so helpful for getting out of the the kind of under the foot of the advertising space where you know facebook and google uh control 84 percent of the advertising market in the world mm-hmm. uh like which really you got to think through that the 84 percent of all advertising dollars spent that means all advertising money spent on television all advertising money spent everywhere That's like 84 percent heads to facebook and google uh which would say like for placement on those platforms right. um and so that ends up being a remarkable amount of of constraint put on anyone who wants to do 84 any any other uh, advertising who wants to like have for if like we wanted to have coca-cola you know give us money so that we could do a big end of year package which is the way media fucking works and it sucks uh we would be competing with numbers set by these other two big giants basically and that really restricts you and so on top of all that being it also means that you have to like adhere to what where the, what the models that they put forth, whether that's Google's uh, SEO changes week to week, and you want to make sure that you're competing and, and showing up in a in a high ranking there, or if you're if you want to be uh, you know foregrounded on Facebook to people who've already said they want to see your stuff, but because of the algorithm, they're not going to see your stuff because for whatever reason your headline isn't in line with whatever Facebook this week thinks a good headline looks like. Um, it's important to develop alternate models for funding uh, for for these places yes. uh, for media places. Uh, but I also think it's super interesting because for someone like kind of funny, or someone like Greg in general, and and the whole team there, Tim, like everybody there, to be successful also means to like be a supporter of your of your industry and and the medium, and it also ends up meaning that you have to do some stuff that's like closer to hosting than journalism or Completely. criticism, right? Yeah. So like they did the they hosted the the Final Fantasy uh, fifteen, like re- re- not reveal, but some big Final Fantasy fifteen thing a couple of years ago. It's a, it's kind of like advocacy in a different way than the sort of advocacy like, yeah we totally do right like it's 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 from a different angle like there's just kind of a, a meshing or like in the same way that uh, we're not just reporters or critics like we often feel like we're like straight Absolutely. on advocates for, for like, labor rights in this and industry so, is a big thing that we hammer right. and so I think I, th- I think that like melding and crossing of different like roles like is, is 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 there's a different yeah 100% but it, and it keeps it's going to keep happening i'm just i'm fascinated by it because you know when you look at this press release sega is on this press release kid fox games is on this press release bithel games devolver like these are companies that make stuff in this space that we are going to there are going to be more and more conversations 
in a genuine way, I think, from people in our in our community, in our like small corner of the world, this is like a little inside baseball about what it means to be ethical, at, like genuinely, uh, and cover these games, but also support the industry and support the developers directly whenever we can. I think it's fascinating, and it's going to be harder because as we move towards these models that are community uh, driven, that are sustainable, that are that are you know fan funded you step out of some of the institutional structure that previously would have kept certain relationships separate or yes. whatever, right? Um, it's it's wild. And it's again, it's fascinating. I, I'm, I'm not – this isn't a, a subtweet. This is me being like, yeah, I would love to do an event like this where we got 60 developers together to show off new games. That would be sick. Right. But it's like, okay, well, how do we choose those 60 developers? What's that mean for our coverage of those games in the future? Mm-hmm. Like is it, it – do we live in a world where, where we could get away with just having a disclosure? Or in what ways are dis- different degrees of disclosure expected from different types of people? Right. Uh, like how can yeah, – we? I've said this for, for years, right? But like at Giant Bomb, a bunch of – we were like – it was always wild to me to be like, okay, you're super buddy-buddy with like people who are high up at Sony and no one is like – Jeff Gerstmann is an unethical dude. You know what I mean? Because people give the benefit of the doubt and say, okay – like Jeff is a is an adamant uh, uh, an honest critic uh, who is not going to let his personal relationships get in the way of criticizing a game Sony puts out or a game Iron Galaxy puts out right, for right. instance. Shout out to Dave Lang, right? <laughs> but there are other relationships in this industry that were way more tenuous that were used as a club to target marginalized folks and those who were allied to marginalized folks. And that fucking sucked. And so, like, that stuff is so fascinating to me and it's so important to kind of anticipate those conversations and start thinking about them now so that when they when it is sprung on us, when it is time – when something happens that catalyzes and sparks a conversation, you've already done some of that preliminary thinking and trying to, like, think about this from all of the complex angles that there are so that when you dive into it, you will already have some degree of, of, of uh, heads up and, and can kind of think about where you're already going to be at. Yeah. I think that should do it for us this week. We've gone pretty long already. <laughs> uh, as always, you can follow us at twitter.com slash waypoint, facebook.com slash waypointvice, waypoint.vice.com for everything else we do. Danielle, where can people find you? You can find me at Danielle R.I. on Twitter. Awesome. Patrick, how about you? Wherever's Cuomo no. is going to be at the Why? Game Awards? Oh, is he going to announce a new game? Is there a, is there a Weezer game coming out? I don't know. Rivers having, Cuomo, Walking Sim. You all, you all heard my, you heard my story. I have. I've are you going so now? Are you going to go see Rivers? <laughs> you want to fly out? I'm going to, I'm going to tweet at him until he faves one there of my tweets go. about it. I heard you. Takes like yeah, three tweets. God, God. Uh, you follow me at Austin underscore Walker. Real quick, two things. I want to shout out the de- the the devs, the mods at the uh, on the forums forums. Forum, forum.waypoint.vice.com, discourse.zone, who are currently prepping to do their own forum-based game of the year stuff. If you want to be, like, involved in the community game of the year discussions, go to the forums. Uh, I don't think those threads are up yet, but in the next week or so, I think they'll they'll be going up. And I've seen them putting in a lot of work to getting those categories right and getting together some really fun, interesting uh, topics of conversation and and exploration. So uh, discourse.zone for that. Um, And then I had a second thing. But it's gone now. Mm. It's gone. It's just in the wind. I don't. I don't know what it is. Who could say? Sometimes the waypoints are in the wind. Sometimes the you waypoints know? are. Oh, I made a post in that forum. Yes. There's a thread uh, called. Um, it's like issues with the site or something, which is like initially like, hey, there's bad advertising, or like, hey, we're, I'm getting a weird bug. 
uh, or something like that. Um, and uh, one of the things that came up recently was like, hey, like, hey, are y'all sh- streaming video games? What's up with that? Why haven't y'all streamed in a while? Um, and so I, I went on a disconnect between form and site is the name of the thread that I posted in. Uh, and I just kind of like broke down, hey, here's what our year has been like. Here is what our our uh, our content strategy switches have looked like. Here's why we're doing more podcasts now, less streams. We're still streaming here and there, like when it makes sense and, and we can find the time it's for it. Sauce. Here's what we're at. It. Yes. Here's, yeah, it's apple, it's, it is our applesauce. Did I say, is that what I said internally? Is that what I? You said it internally and I just love it as, as it's a our beautiful applesauce. image. If we we if get we this applesauce sometimes when we eat our when dinner. When you eat your dinner, when you eat your full dinner yeah. at the end of the week, our dessert, our applesauce, which isn't really a dessert. It's kind of it's a side. It's more like a nice thing. Yeah, it's a nice thing. I just think thing. of it as a nice thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, if we if we've gotten through our all our <laughs> podcasting and our editorial work, so yeah, go read that. It's uh, I put that up there last week and realized I should shout it out here. It is the name of the thread is disconnect between form and site. It is the nineteenth post in that thread. Uh, it begins. Hey folks, just wanted to hop in here and talk about big picture site direction stuff. So go ahead and find there that. We go. That's going to do it for us. As always, thank you to Kado for for producing. You can follow Kado on Twitter at a underscore Kado underscore appears. And as always, shout outs to Bowen for letting us use the track. Miss you off the EP Pale Machine. Find out more about that. Waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. Danielle, what do we say to him? Be good and be good at it. Peace. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.